Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Twin Lines Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Romero. Ian Westoff has the evening off. Today's a great episode, folks. With me right now are the two gentlemen that are responsible for Toy Robot Magazine. Welcome, Eric Bradley and Bill Freytag. Eric Bra- Braley. Yep, and <laughs> Bill Freytag. <clears throat> How are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself, sir? Awesome, awesome. How long have you guys actually been into Transformers? Yeah, about the same amount of time. I mean, hell, we're going on, what, almost 30 years of being interested in Transformers and stuff? Just kind of never stopped, I guess. Yeah, I think my first Transformer I can remember was in 1986 or so. Very nice. Do you remember what it was? Uh, Astro Train. Nice. I got it as an Easter gift. Yep, and I got a Motormaster for getting my tonsils out. I remember that. Awesome. (laughs) That's pretty specific. You know, it's funny that, that you mentioned it, because I remember the first time I got pneumonia, I had Computron. Nice. Yeah, yeah. They they wanted to cheer me up, so they got me a combiner, and I was like, how do mm-hmm. I put all this together? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. You guys have recently created the Toy Robot magazine. Now, you yes. guys started on Kickstarter, correct? Yep. Yep, we, uh, we had a Kickstarter project that did not meet its goal. But we powered through it and still made it happen. Yeah, we just kind of figured that Kickstarter was the, the right social media platform to get the word out there because exposure-wise, we didn't have a Facebook group that had really taken off yet. And we had no way of knowing how much interest there was in a printed magazine about collecting toy robots. Yeah. So this the Kickstarter was more to gauge interest and see how many people would be interested in the project. And we ultimately decided there was enough. So here's a copy of issue one. Mm-hmm. Now, it reminds me so much of Toy Fair. Was that intentional or yeah. was there something behind it? No. Back in the day, Bill and I both kind of fall in that category of people who grew up reading uh, Wizard and Toy Fair and Lee's Toy Review and all those magazines that kind of came out around the same time period. Like, I, I mean, I at one point had every issue of Toy Fair, so... Those were major inspirations for me to eventually want to do a magazine project. Now, how are you guys handling COVID with the shutdown? Is the magazine keeping you busy or? Um, It definitely slowed down a bit like this year with COVID as far as, you know, rules and regulations within the community of where you could go and what you could do and how close you could be to anyone. So we took a little a little siesta, I guess, and kind of waited on, on collaborating on photography and things like that. Yeah. Eric was still working on writing cause he's, I mean, he's already almost basically done with the next issue, but for photography, we have to get together. we got to find locations. You have to meet people. So that was a little trickier, but I think that with the protocols in place and wearing masks, uh, we're more than able to, to continue marching forward for 2021. Gotcha. Yeah. Why a magazine? Like, do you guys feel that print is just a niche at this point? Is print dead or you, you know, know, not a website? You know, here's the thing is like, um, you know, media print and the way it was presented 30 years ago kind of is out the door, but there's still newspapers. There are still magazines. There are still books and comic books and everything. So the demand is still there to hold something physical in your hand. I love going online. I love reading, but my biggest problem with a lot of the forums, and this isn't to knock any forum, is that after a while you see the same thing over and over and over and over and over. You know what I mean? Whereas a magazine, I can focus on a topic that a lot of people may not know about or delve into it a little bit better. Whereas you're right, a lot of our uh, critics may say, well, that's already out there on the web. The problem is, like in issue number one, we cover a really obscure thing called Forms Robo, which was a, the last of the decoys sold only in Japan. How is a person who's just coming into the hobby even going to have a clue that that's a thing on page 418 of a 13,000 page forum? Whereas here, you know, maybe that'll get them down that rabbit hole of looking into decoys and then how they play into G1. So I don't. It's definitely a niche, but I don't think it's a dead thing. There, we, you know, we've been selling and going as a company, so. And we're not doing it. I mean, we're not doing it plain. Like with uh, with the issues that we've released, we've got. I don't want to call them gimmicks, but like we have metallic 
copies of the the magazines that were they're like limited edition. So it's not just a regular magazine. This isn't yep. like a fanzine that comes out that's just kind of like tossed together. There's a lot of planning that goes into this, and there's still plenty of successful magazines that are out there that are not only appreciated for the content but the art form. So when we have you know like a layout artist with you know 15 almost 15 years of experience. Yep. Um, I have about 20 years of experience in photography and videography and Eric's been writing and collecting toys for well over 20 years. We, we knew that if there was going to be a market for this product, we could pull it off. Yeah. One of the great things I loved about your magazine were not only the photographs, <laughs> but you also had some comic artwork and mixed in as well. Yes, um, that is, uh, what was the gentleman's name? There's Russ Cassidy and Fabian Gonzalez. I, I had seen a, a, a illustration that they had done on Facebook, and I kind of fell in love right away. I liked the style. I liked how accessible they were. And also, they were looking for the exposure as well. And it was just, you know, it was a badass picture. So I asked them if they would be interested in That's collaborating. Right. And, you know, they did Unicron versus Voltron. And we're just going to kind of invite them back each time. And the hope is to continue yeah. to get other artists in the community and feature their work as fans of uh, Transformers and other Transforming robots. One of the nice things also about your book is you just don't talk about Transformers. You've brought no. in Ultron. You've um, talked about uh, Beast Wars or um, Battle Beasts, excuse me. Yep. So that's that's one of the nice aspects. Like It's not dedicated to just one thing taken from every possible source now yeah, no big and question go bots yeah. or transformers uh you know obviously transformers for me however i will always tip my hat in respect to go bots because you know the franchise was there first you know that a lot of people don't like it but you know it's, it's true that and the new um Machine Robo line coming out of Japan right now is just amazing. Will you be doing any articles on them? Have you seen them? I think, I think down the road when I can get my hands on some for sure, but we are deadlocked center of, you know, we're located out of South Dakota. So getting stuff from Japan here takes a little while, even through stores like Big Bad Toy Store and stuff. We tend to be one of the last people to get things. We're still, I mean, this is still starting out. I mean, we ha it hasn't even been a full year. And it's just the two of us. We don't yep. have those company contacts where we're getting sent review pieces and things like that. Like we'd like to be there. We'd like to be reviewing new products, but this magazine isn't necessarily geared towards the, the newest and latest toys that are out there because all you got to do is go online and see everyone else yeah. posting every second about it. Our, our goal with the magazine is to, to bring up some topics that you might not necessarily know about or search for. And our goal is for everyone that has read the magazine to learn or see at least one thing that they didn't know. Yeah. Like I said, the issue you sent me over, there was a ton of great stuff there, especially about the Voltron and, and the Battle Beasts. Where do you see the magazine going like five years down the line? Like what, what's your overall goal for the magazine? It's you know, the biggest goal we have right now is um, streamlining and ironing out wrinkles. Uh, you know, obviously 2020 was a very rough year as a business, just working around people's schedules, getting everything done. Um, you know, on the side, Bill still has a family. So, you know, again, having the kids at home, schooling on top of his professional work. Uh, me having to balance my wife as a CNA, so her having to be on the front lines of where all this was going on. We want to get these issues out on a regular basis a little bit better. We've had a lot of minor hiccups along the way. Even with issue number two, you know, we had a slight issue with our just, it's things we can't control, Yeah. but we want to, it lets us know that, hey, there's these possible bumps in the road. Be aware of them and work around them. Um, yeah, like for a little behind the scenes on issue two, we, we were hoping to have it out and in people's hands before Christmas. Yeah. And without getting into too many details, it just ran into machines not working. <laughs> and the people responsible for being able to fix those machines were either out to COVID or out due to taking yeah. vacation. And the people that were around to work on the machines weren't the right people. And so there was a lot of errors and we could have just gone with it. We could have been like, okay, yeah, well, what you made, we'll, we'll just do that. But 
we were kind of sticklers about quality. Yeah, it would have been under par for what we oh, wanted yeah. for a printing process because yep. you know this isn't some printed on newspaper type thing. You know, this is high quality paper. We want this, you know, to be worth your bang for the buck. So as far as your five year question, um, we would hope to have advertising in it, and that's a bit of a chicken and an egg situation right now because it's distribution and advertising. Advertisers will advertise in your magazine if you have the distribution numbers yep. to, to show, but we haven't distributed that many magazines. And in order to do that, we need advertisers. Yep. So it's like, we just got to trickle these issues out, get the interest generated. And then hopefully from there, it'll get a little bigger. And then, yeah, obviously we'll want it on store shelves. I mean, that's, that's the next big thing, but we're probably a little ways from that. Gotcha. Now what sparked that interest? Like who approached who about, Hey, let's, do a magazine 20 years ago on one of the forums i had approached some people and said let's do just a silly fanzine see if we can do it <laughs> fell apart immediately trying to organize people just was terrible go on live my life i never let that idea die down and um i had a project fall through <clears throat> after working on it for about a year uh with some friends a podcast type idea and I was really grumpy about having that project fall through after putting in hundreds and hundreds of hours. Wow. And I thought, by God, I'm going to get something done. And I had this idea on the back burner and I took it off the back burner. I literally made a prototype magazine, like just folded up some paper and put, here's my articles and wrote up a few test articles. And I went to Bill who I told him I wanted to talk to a friend of ours who does, uh, he publishes a local magazine he has a uh, advertising agency. And I said, I want to approach him about this. How should I go about it? And uh, originally, Bill, if you want to pick up from there. Yeah, I, I, work, I worked there. So I, uh, I, I graduated in, from college in 2006. And I got a multimedia graphic design degree and with emphasis in 3D modeling and video production. And so I worked for the company for about five years and then headed another company and I finally had kind of branched off on my own and Eric knew I had this in because mm -hmm. I, I had Eric help us when I worked there and the owner, it's McQuillan creative group, Troy McQuillan. He's a great guy and he was very open to the idea. He loves print. He believes in the same things that, you know, it's an art form and it's still, there's something about the tangible quality of having a magazine in your hand. So he was immediately behind it. And as far as resources go, I mean, he just needed his his top layout artist, the uh, Elliot Lucas, and I went to college with him, and I knew that he does amazing work. So he has an interest, also Masters of the Universe, Transformers. Yeah, I wanted to make sure whoever we had work on it was interested in this stuff, and it wasn't just like you know robotic. Like here's a project, crank it out because that's what it is. But for us, this is something we love and something yeah. we wanted done right. And so we, we built a little dream team. It's four people. This, this Literally, it's just four people who put this together. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, you guys are actually created something out of nothing. I mean, the way it reads, it, you know, you would think a million people were working on it. So, you know, congratulations on, oh, on that really success. That. Thank you. Yeah. Let's get into your collecting habits. So yes. how do you feel about Transformers today? Like, do you collect all the vintage stuff, the masterpieces? Did you get Unicron? Yeah, we, we both backed the Unicron project. I actually, the second they announced HasLab was going to be a thing back with the sail barge, I bought the sail barge and my wife thought I was crazy and she goes, why? And I said, this is going to be one of the biggest toys ever made by one of the, for one of the greatest toy lines ever. I said, however, if they're doing something this crazy, it's not going to be a one-off. This is something new they're testing the waters on. And I say, I guarantee you in the first three projects, there'll be a Unicron. And she goes, so why are you buying this if you know there's going to be a Unicron? And I said, I'm going to sell this sail barge. And it's going to pay for my Unicron. And it's going to pay for some bills. And <clears throat> invested originally 500 some dollars on it. Man. Sold mine for $1,200 to a guy down Argentina of all places. He paid the shipping, which must have been astronomical. And I mean, he got, he was happy. And then within a month later, they announced the Unicron because I had heard some rumblings underneath, you know, talking to people. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's it's around the corner. Um, as for the current market, I right now mainly stick to what I consider is the main line, which is uh, the War for Cybertron stuff. If there is a studio series figure, 
that I like. I'll grab it once in a while. I'm not a big fan of the Bayverse Studio Series figures. However, 86, I feel, should have been lumped in with the main line, so I'll be buying all the 86 stuff. I haven't touched much on any of the Cyberverse at all. Rescue Hero stuff, if I find it at garage sales, like the Rescue Bots, you know, the children's line. Yeah. Um, and then I went way crazy with Bot Bots. I love Bot Bots. Very nice. Uh, Masterpiece-wise, I haven't touched anything in Masterpiece in a while. Yeah, and for me, I guess it's all under the umbrella of Generations, I guess, when they had that line. There was the Transformers Classic, right? They had, you know, Optimus Prime and, and Megatron look like a Nerf gun. And then there was the, the, the amount of Transformers that came out after that. I kind of took a break. They still were getting closer to that G1 nostalgia. And then when the Transformers, I don't know if, what it started off as. There was like the video game tie-in that was also War for Cybertron, I think, or something. Yeah. Okay. But that first line of the combiner wars or whatever from then on i've managed to yep. get every figure until recently because of all of these freaking selects and yeah. exclusives that have been coming out like crazy like it's almost mm. taxing to have to try and tap track them all down but mainline eric and i we keep going through every figure if we find it or order it we, pre-ordering is a lot easier just so we don't have to hunt or deal yep. with covid or anything like that I don't really do Masterpiece. I've seen a couple trickle into Target and stuff. I'm, I'm not really interested. And then Vintage. Uh, obviously, that's like... It's more so if we find it around. We're not actively like going out trying to find graded, sealed figures. You know, like loose collections here and there if we find them. Yeah. We, we feel like we're we're eight again. But it's not really our thing. Since you brought up the Bayformers, how do you feel about those new movies? We covered this in our first punch counter punch, yeah. uh, but honestly, both of us got ragged on it all day long. I think they're a pile of. <laughs> yeah, no, no I, I totally agree with you. I I cannot. The first one, I was like, "All right, cool." I got a live action Transformers movie, and that was what two thousand seven. Uh, literally the next day, I went to a friend's wedding, so that was more on my mind at the time. But um, the Transformers I am, the wedding. The, yeah, right. The is no the <laughs> wedding. Um. I am so happy that there was something that revitalized the brand for younger children today. Because uh, at the end of the day, that is the point. It's not for us fans. They say it is, but it's not. You want to get them hooked young, bring in the product, make the sales. That's the point. And that succeeded with what needed to do. You know, some of the Transformers movies hold records for some of the greatest DVD sales, which just means Walmarts and Targets and bought a big pile of them and sat on forever. But... I mean, and like when Transformers, what was it, one or two came out, it was one of the most expensive movies ever made. And I was like, what are you doing? Why are you throwing this much money at my project? Hasbro, you're going to kill yourselves doing this. Please don't do this. And they all made bank, except until like the last two. And that blew my mind. And then, uh, but overall, I hate the Bayformer series. I hate it with a passion. I don't like, without being political, I don't like the way uh, some of the women are portrayed. I think that's a little bit gross especially for young children to see that as a role model point. But um, it's just, it's so, it's so cookie cutter. And that's what you get when you get a guy who got his teeth cutting Playboy commercials and like, uh, what was no Victoria's Secret commercials. I love Bumblebee. Bumblebee was fun. Yeah. Bumblebee was all right. Like when I saw, I remember sitting down to that first movie and I thought, yeah, that was pretty good. And I think that what Hasbro was banking on was the nostalgia. There is no way you can tell me that any of those films are a kid's movie. So if they were marketing the toys, yeah. it was it was kind of a, a multi-step process. They're going to get like the you know neckbeards like me going in there going, oh, yeah, I loved Transformers. And then introducing that to like maybe their kids or somewhere down the line that uh, it's like, yeah, Transformers are awesome. You should totally do these. And then moving forward with the films, it was just... They knew they could bank on people going to those movies. I didn't. I went to every single movie, and I didn't go because I knew it was going to be a good movie. Yeah, I went because it was freaking Transformers. Like, um, you get to a point, you put the brand on anything, and you start to flock to it because you're in love with the franchise, and, good or bad. And I will tell you, it succeeded in bringing in new people to the movie because when I went to go watch whichever horrible film it was with Sentinel Prime in it, and you know, and we had and we had Leonard Nimoy voicing him. I went in and my wife sat down. She's like, that's the one that voices like that Galvatron guy, right? And I was like, yep. And she goes, so is he going to be a bad guy? And I was like, by the end of this movie, Sentinel Prime will become a bad guy because there's no way they would have hunted down Leonard Nimoy to do a voice if he wasn't going to turn. 
as it happened, my wife's like, oh, look, you were right. And she's like, that was kind of cookie cutter predictable. Everybody else in the theater, though, was like, oh, and little kids are like, oh, and I went like, I guess they're succeeding in bringing in new people who don't know the past. And so I have to give it credit because, like I said, to me, that was cookie. Anybody saw Leonard Nimoy, if you were a fan of Transformers and you knew Leonard Nimoy got cast as Sentinel Prime, you went, oh, there's our bad guy. That'll be the bad guy in the damn film. Like, there's no way it won't be. And all these people in the theater were just gasping. They were surprised. And I was like, but at the end of the day, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great, interesting take. My big problem was too many humans on the, yeah. you know, too many subplots. You know, you bring in the military. And then and then another big pet peeve of mine was Peter Cullen voiced Optimus Prime and Ironhide. But yet in the movie, he only does Optimus. Yeah, um, and originally, weren't they going to have the guy from, like, Armada was going to voice, I, I want to say it was, like, Armada or somebody, they had a different voice picked up based on the current properties at the time, and then there was obviously the huge petition of, like, nah, let's the, let's fix this and get uh, Peter Cullen in. Yep, and there's a certain amount of interest generated from the actors that they cast to do voices, so... Yeah. That's all behind the scenes marketing of why he wouldn't have voiced more than one character. Do you guys also follow the Japanese G1 cartoon? I have not sat down and watched a lot of the Japanese stuff in a very long time. So anything that America didn't get. However, the uh, Japanese Beast Wars movie gets played uh, like at least once a month here like i'll throw that on in the background because i absolutely love that film i've got the box set but i've never made it all the way through like headmaster Ma or master force and because like, i think it was like from japan dubbed in chinese and then redubbed in, then english, redubbed in english or like subtitled i can't so some of the plot the points are weird voice acting it's just yeah like, oh <laughs> it's so bad so no if you were to ask us any trivia about those i would probably bow out <laughs> we did we yeah i'm not up to date on it like i should be but so I guess it's safe to say we're all on the same page saying that the 86 movie was the best Transformer movie ever. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, like that's that's the pinnacle, even though, you know, some of those like really harsh decisions they made, which scarred children for life. Uh, I think it still ended up being for the best. And I don't think that that bar, even with the Netflix stuff that's on right now, it has not been met. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Like I tried watching some of the Netflix stuff. I just... It I takes really couldn't get into it. Seriously. I can I can deal with the Netflix stuff, but the uh, Machinima stuff, I uh, oh, I remember when God. they did that, I was like, I'm out. Like, five minutes in, I'm like, I'm out. And Amy's like, I thought you would have been all over that. I was like, dude, I can't get past the first five minutes. I'm no, out. No, God, they crapped all over it. And it's like they had all this potential because they had Frank Welker doing Megatron again. And I think they had Peter Cullen doing Optimus in the, the Machinima series and i was so stoked for it and then it came out at like that 13 frames a second crap yeah and i can't stand that either I like it just looked awful sounded awful i was like how did they drop the ball so bad on this hasbro just hired bill and eric to take over the transformers line what would you guys love to see as a perfect transformers line the perfect transformers line for you for you guys like what would you they Hasbro just handed you the keys. You can do whatever you want. Dude, before, if you had asked me this question before they announced the Studio 86, mm -hmm. that is what my answer would have been. 86 movie accurate figures that are attainable at retail, not hundreds of dollars like Masterpiece figures, like screen accurate 1986 figures, like all of them from the movie. And honestly, that, that and that's kind of what they're doing now so i would say it's time to do something new uh let's we've done the revisit of g1 with generations we've done the revisit g1 with the last several years now we're doing beast wars and now we're doing beast wars which is needed yep. beast wars needs to definitely have a revisit because that generation out but like give me i we need another unique not connected to anything storyline. I want another take like the Unicron trilogy or let's do something crazy like they're doing over in Japan with what is that? Transformers Go? Or uh, what's that? The China, oh, I think China yeah, just got China oh. just got like a whole new little mini thing going on. And let's do that. Let's 
do something different because after a while, I mean, you got to keep copyrights alive and trademarks alive, but you can slap those names on anybody. The other thing I would say is, guys, we've people have wallets because <laughs> there's parents, just casual parents who are like, my kid, um, I mean, my aunt calls me all the time from Minnesota and she's like, Eric, uh, my kids, my grandkids, he's looking for Jetfire. What the heck is that? Can you like, I can't figure it out. I was like, oh man, I was like, he better have been good. I was like, that's an $80 figure. And she's like, nah, what? And I went and showed her online. She's like, where the hell am I supposed to find it? I was like, Target's, Walmart's, I don't know, wherever it shows up. I was like, most stores aren't going to carry an $80 toy. And she's like, he's not getting a damn jet fire. Yeah. So she went to Walgreens and bombed that little one-off weird goofy jet fire from that for like 20 bucks. Oh, so. wow. You know, honestly, I think it'd be kind of a twofold approach for me, like the 86 and whatnot, like all this stuff, Masters of the Universe included, it's all aimed at adults. It's not aimed at kids. I would try to reintroduce something that could be aimed at kids, but isn't so little kid. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. rescue heroes and stuff like that, like, or what rescue bots? Is that what they're called? Rescue bots or something like I that. I mean, yeah. I get it. Like, it, but that's too young, and I don't think that when G1 was on, like, and GI Joe and stuff like that, that wasn't dumbed down so much that that like it's just dribble for little kids. Like it, it was a little more mature, and I would I would try to focus marketing and advertising towards kids instead of like going after us '80s generation that apparently is always going to be susceptible to marketing. Like we're going to be buying He-Man and Transformer toys till the day we friggin' die. Yep. Because they've got us by the balls, you know? Well, and I'm, Masters of the Universe, literally, like, here's the exact same thing we yeah. just gave you 30 years ago. Yep. On the exact same packaging with different material. Except they, they they can hear what they can, they can move. They can do this now. Yeah. yeah. And they're going to be like, and enjoy going to stores. And, I mean, yep. we're suckers. We would do it. So. so I would have a definite marketing platform to actually introduce the property to kids in an interesting way that they would watch it. Uh, War for Cybertron and Earthrise, those series on Netflix, they're not for kids. They're for us. And they yeah. keep us buying toys. Yeah, I don't want, if I had a little one, like probably like a five or six year old, I'd be like, you don't need to see a severed unit or an Ultra Magnus head. That was a bit much. Yeah. I'd be like, holy crap. That's, and that's not for a kid. They're supposedly working on a traditionally animated Transformers film, but I would have a traditionally animated Transformers series that would be geared towards the younger audience, but not like super young. Yeah, I think that's where the brand needs to go. I think there's some more roots that it could go back to. Yeah. They're just reusing the names. Definitely. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Like I said, we're going to do the news in a few minutes. You're more than welcome to join us. But in the meantime, how can our listeners subscribe to your magazine? Right now, we don't have subscriptions yet until we get things streamlined. But the best way to keep track of our magazine of like when new issues are coming out, etc., is going to go Facebook, and it's going to be facebook.com forward slash toy robot magazine that's going to take you to our page you know you'll see advertisements there you yep. go excellent and um that is the number one place and when you go there the biggest thing is i've heard so many people like oh, i didn't know the new issue came out it was like you have to have your notifications turned on for that page you have to otherwise yep. you're not going to see it but we announce all of our stuff through that page. We try to post stuff there once a day. Eric is usually posting more. But if there's an update on anything, whether it's tracking the current issue or when we plan on releasing yep. the next one, it's going to be right there. That is our only form of communication to the world other than ToyRobotMagazine.com, which is where people go to order the magazine. Mm -hmm. And the way that process works is on Facebook. We're like, huzzah, issue three is out. And then yep. we put the link on there. They go there. You got like a 30-day window to pre-order. And so everyone that wants a magazine can pre-order it. And then at the end, it's tallied up, printed, and then yeah, it we all do make goes. to order. Yeah, it's made to order. You know what I mean? We order a little surplus, but not too much. We're not at the point that we feel confident like ordering X quantity and expecting that because our group, it's like 2,500 people, but you know, there's only a fraction of that that are ordering. And that's another hurdle for 2021 we would love to get past is why isn't that number higher? We want to get that number growing. And we don't think it's too expensive. I mean, it's 13 bucks for a professional magazine. It's not like out of the question. We'd love to get it down to $9.99, but shipping and paying for everyone to, to do their job on it and all those things, it just... 
yeah. it, it really can't be done in um, advertising. And the other thing is, real quick, is when we put out an issue, uh, we will always have, well, I shouldn't say always, but we will. our goal is to always have a metallic collector edition cover, oh, cool. a standard cover. Now, once that pre-order is done, the standard color cover and the metallic cover will never be offered again unless we have like a surplus somewhere once in a while. After that, it'll go to what we call an archive edition, which is this kind of sepitone grayed out color. So if you want the metallic covers, you have to get in on that because that kind of increases the collectability, like yeah. uh, kind of like you know whatever, like comic books. Yeah, like comic books. Like um, we we entered this with a collector mindset too. Yep. You know we wanted some exclusivity with some of the products we're going to offer, and a metallic magazine that's only offered the one time. Either you get it or you don't. And we thought that'd be really cool for people who are collectors that, you know, want to spend 20 bucks. You get the same magazine, but like a brilliant metallic yeah. front and back cover that, I mean, I mean, it looks amazing once it's, it's all you done. You can see that in the light. It is. It's beautiful. beautiful. And we have people who have been collecting every cover. Yeah. We've got people who have been buying multiples of each issue because some want to read it and they want to read one and then frame the other. You know, it's the collector mindset. And then uh, the other thing is, too, this is something that you can read with your kids. So you as an adult can enjoy the material, but we will never have something over the top that you can't sit down. Because I want uh, kids need to learn to read. That's always something I've been behind. So yeah, oh, there's have... no profanity. There's no adult content. Like, it's all family friendly. And we just, if, if you want more adult, salty type conversations about Transformers and stuff, then go there's on the more internet. Enough forums. You know, go on the forums. Talk to other people your age, but this this should be enjoyed. It should be laid out when someone walks by it. Like I've got two nephews; and they're uh, eight years old and thirteen. I gave them issues, and they're laying out. And every now and then, they pick them out. Um, I gave a copy to my eight year old's teacher at their school, and they have it in the library. And apparently, one day my daughter was there, and another kid was sitting at the table reading it. And uh, she went over and she's like, my dad makes that magazine. And I'm like, nah, get out. And the kid like loves Transformers. And she's like, no, no. And she turns to the picture of me in there. And he's seen me before. So, of course, now he's blown away. And we've got kids reading Toy Robot at yep. an elementary school. That's so, awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's jump into some news. If you guys want to join me, feel like right. you'll have us. Absolutely. Okay, so first issue, Walt and Louise Simonson are returning to the X-Factor series for a two-issue arc in X-Men Legends. Now, X-Men Legends 3 will take place just before X-Factor 43. Having defeated Apocalypse, X-Factor now uses his mysterious sentient spaceship as their base of operations. But when the ship begins to malfunction, they'll soon realize Apocalypse's true plans are beginning to unfold. X-Men Legends 3 will ship in April. Now, I'm looking at this artwork, and it just... I see some hints of Simonson, but it just it looks like a evolved style from, from the original X-Factor. I was going to say, it looks like it pays a really good homage back to, like, um, I want to say, like, the 90s for sure, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And some sad news. So, Toy Fair 2021 is officially yeah. canceled. Yep. <clears throat> the Toy Association was trying for May, but with the uncertainty of COVID-19, the show is officially canceled for the year. However, Dallas, Texas show has not been canceled and is still scheduled for October. So I'm going to miss that because usually about now we'd start to gear up heading yeah. to New York. I mean, the last show was in 2019, you know, and it was a great show. I mean, the Mezco booth was packed. I mean, it, it was a healthy time for toys, but. Right well, now, it's crazy. I was talking to another podcaster on their show and stuff, and they kind of covered this a bit, is that being this is like, because we were both, I think everybody involved in the conversation was like, this is probably going to cancel it. Like, I mean, everybody kind of guessed it. But uh, what is the desire going to be for companies to keep coming back when they have shown they can do these pre-shows online by themselves and save a lot of money? So oh, I, think, yeah. I think this will be interesting to see Will we have a 2022 New York Toy Fair, or are we going to see certain companies back out and just do their own thing online? Yeah, because uh, Super 7 last summer did it for during San Diego. Yep. And 
it'll be interesting to see if San Diego comes this year. Yeah, exactly. And so it'll be neat to see who that Dallas one will be interesting to see who shows up and who's just yeah. like, no, nah, you can just visit us online. I'd be very surprised if the San Diego one happens. Yeah. So this just in from Super 7, the Ultimate Conan the Barbarian figures are in the U.S. and they will start shipping soon. So that's going to be fun. I can't yeah, wait. You got to put quotes around the word soon from Super 7. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty dope looking thing. So, so yeah. I guess you're familiar. Uh, yeah, more than a little. Yeah. <laughs> so the gold label Batman from McFarland Toys is now available at retail stores. Now, this Batman is based on an actual drawing by Todd McFarland himself. And then other figures from the gold label are coming soon and will be available at Walmart stores, including the Warhammer, Mortal Kombat Spawn, and Earth-52 Death. Nice. Now, I, I love this figure. It reminds me of Godspeed. Yeah, I was going to say, definitely kind of looks like that Godspeed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're a customizer out there, you know, this is an easy repaint. Yep. I'm, I'm now, curious to see what other uh, McFarlane things we're going to see snuck into each line since that's in his contract. Uh, yeah. he, when he did that whole thing, he's like, I get to do whatever I want if you want my company doing it. And they're like... Yeah, and he's like, no, nah, I'm going to throw in the spawn every now and then. I might do something else that I want to do. And they're like, okay. I would love to see like a McFarlane-drawn Superman figure again. I remember his early work, you know, Superman had this giant cape just folding yeah. over and over yeah. again. Ecto-1 from Hasbro Pulse mm -hmm. is uh, shipping this month. And this is the second version, I believe, with the Rust. So this is based on the new movie coming out. Yep, mm -hmm. and it's got an additional ghost. Yeah, some very minor retooling. It does come transformed on a card, which is a little bit different in my opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, but I know it's been showing up in stores, and I've seen people finding it all over. So, And then if you missed out on the first couple of times, now is your chance to get the Transformers Gigawatt from Hasbro Pulse. The pre-orders are open until February 15th and will feature the blackout window version of the character. He is currently retailing for $29.99. How do you guys feel about these crossover characters? Like, I have, besides Ecto-1 and Gigawatt, there's like a Top Gun Transformer now. Yep. Uh, there's Top Gun. There is the X-Jet. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I think the concept all came from a Loot Crate t-shirt back in the day, which was Marty McPrime, and it was the DeLorean Transforming. And I think that's kind of what spawned all of this, whether or not people will say it. But uh, I, I think it's a really cool concept. People love mashups. I mean, they're, that's just awesome. Like, you can take any franchise that you were in love with and then just mix it with Transformers, then you got a hit. So we need a you know transformable kit or an A-Team van. Like, but you don't feel it deludes either one of the properties? No, no. absolutely not. Transformers has been doing crossovers for a lot longer than people are aware of and sometimes they were big misses so this to me finally feels like they're doing a crossover right like you know we kind of covered that in one of our magazines actually so it's uh i think that i don't think it dilutes anything like this is the first time uh the character maverick has as far as i'm aware ever had an action figure because uh tom cruise has in his writer to that uh no figure of him can ever be made uh -huh. uh, his likeness can never be used in anything and so for once, we're getting a Maverick figure, and I love that he comes with a volleyball. I think the figure itself is kind of weak, but yeah. it's a cool concept. Very nice. So the Four Horsemen just extended their Elithia series pre-order. It is now extended to January 11th at 9 o'clock Eastern. So if you log on to storehorsemen.com, you can order any of the figures or the whole set. But I'm still rooting for the moose. Yep. <laughs> this thing is beautiful. So the four horsemen, like they, how soon until when they were done with Maddie Collector with Masters of the Universe? How long was that time span between them and then doing Mythic Legions? Because they have homages in that line. I don't know if Eric's familiar. Oh, yeah. I've fallen way behind on my uh, four horsemen news. So what I'm really looking forward to is their new Cosmic Legions line that is premiering sometime this year. Batman Beyond is now streaming the complete series on HBO Max. When you're crying because Wonder Woman 84 tanked so badly, you can hop on over and see the future Bruce Wayne fight crime. 
Batman Beyond is one of my favorite. Uh, I've always been a DC guy. Batman Beyond, probably one of my favorite things ever and had possibly one of the best episodes of any modern animated show. The last episode, which finished off the Justice League cartoon, yes. Justice League Unlimited, they actually used up their last episode slot to finish off that storyline and lead into Batman Beyond. And I cannot great episode. shedding a tear. I'm being very serious. I absolutely yeah. love that episode. Yeah, when uh, Terry decides he's going to propose... Yep, and, yeah, uh, that's awesome. Uh, when Amanda Waller realized what she needed to do, and she kind of turns her page finally with that storyline, and yeah, mm-hmm. I absolutely loved. I loved Batman Beyond. Yeah, it was a great show. Although with Michael Keaton playing Batman again, who knows? Yeah, and he's the primary Batman now. They announced. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Prime yep. Universe. So it's going to be, man. They're going to be doing some. I think. I think with the. Uh, the multiple timelines there and then Spider-Man anxious for movies coming out. So yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a time to be alive for movies. Well, movies kind of. at home right now. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. home. yeah. <laughs> so the 13th doctor, Jodie Whittaker has announced she is leaving doctor who after this season. Now I know a lot of fans are upset about this, but I don't blame her at all. I personally think it's Chimball. He doesn't really care for the doctor who series. And as a showrunner, you kind of need to. Yeah. I don't think that they gave Peter Capaldi a chance to be good with the, the series. And now it's just kind of like the same stuff. So I have not watched Doctor Who since the, what was it, the 50th anniversary special with like... Oh, yeah. After that, I just kind of quit watching because I felt like something magic left the show going in. I know some people like, oh, girl, doctor, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, there's some something in the writing seemed to change around that period. And I was like, that and having to wait so long between seasons, I just kind of fell out of favor. So I'm, I'm not up to date I, on the, the show anymore. My No no uh, no bad feelings towards the actress whatsoever, but I just felt the series focused too much on Clara when she was introduced and then carried over to Peter Capaldi. It's like they focused more on her than the doctor. And the storyline started to lose me at that point, so I never really got to enjoy the the newest Doctor, and I just caught some here and there. And by then, I was already kind of out of it. Yeah, see, and that's kind of where I'm yeah, I out. felt the same way. I think Capaldi got a bad uh, rep on it. I think yeah. just somewhere between. Yeah, he's an amazing actor, and he actually brought something to Doctor Who. Yeah, you know? and then Jodie comes. First female doctor, I thought, hey, you know what? This is a new take. Great. Uh, I'm, you know, because every series is a new take, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, first female doctor, great. Let's see what she can get into. You know, she has like, I don't know, three or four companions, which I always thought was kind of weird. You know, mm-hmm. either two at the most, you know, in my opinion. A lot of sidelines. Or- yeah. Exactly. You know, and then, and then her show or her series, you know, really focused on the companions solving the mystery or, you know, interacting more. And I I just think it takes away from the overall character. So it is sad to see her go, but, you know, hopefully they can can find a way to fix it. Uh, Okay, so Benedict Cumberbatch has been seen on the WandaVision set. He's supposed to... WandaVision is supposed to connect directly into... Doctor Strange 2. Okay. So yep. hopefully that'd be a nice surprise seeing him pop up on the Disney Plus show. Yeah, because this is the beginning of Phase 4, isn't it? Yes. Okay, so yeah, I'm really curious to see um, Phase 4. Yeah, and yeah. I, I honestly got... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sound like a terrible human being here, but um, I the, the what was the last one? Was it Endgame? No. Avengers, yeah. Well, there was... Yeah. Infinity War I loved, Endgame, I was like halfway through the movie, I was bored, and it's nothing against wow. it. I just felt like it was too much too soon, so I was kind of worried about Phase 4. I was like, am I going to give a crap? But seeing what Spider-Man's doing with WandaVision, I was like, this. when they announced WandaVision, I was like, this is bonkers. And then I was like, oh, oh man, we're going to get maybe like Mephisto out of this, and then all this uh, multi-universe, and apparently um, there's like tie-ins, there was like a book release. And it mentions, like, there's, like, a little thing that you use, and it's uh, by uh, 
Black Panther's sister, and it's a book about all oh, the technology. Yes. And apparently there's hints in there that say, like, Tony Stark knew there was going to be a lot of consequences for doing what they're doing and bending time. Mm-hmm. And that's all phase four is all this is because we messed with what wasn't supposed to be messed with on all angles. So I'm, I'm down. I'm down for all of this. I think it's yeah, gonna be- I, I can't wait for WandaVision. I mean, yeah, if you're a fan of the comic book series, I mean, right there is a great basis. I mean, she's losing her mind. You know, her and Vision are going to have children. So mm-hmm. who knows with that? I mean, it just that goes I mean, back to the old comics. So yes, yeah. I mean, just watching. I mean, you know, the sick host of me is coming up, but just watching her like eventually going to break down and stuff. And I was I was really hoping that uh, and, you know I'm sure this has already been disproven, but in my head canon, I want this to take place in the moment she has to destroy the gem in his head, and so it's like in her mind breaking down and capturing that one moment with him. But I'm pretty sure that's not going to be it. But, you know, in my head canon, that would be a beautiful, in that one microsecond, all this show happens. Oh, sure. Sure. We all know, like, what was it, House of M, when she, like, freaks out and stuff like that. So no more mutants. We lead up to that. So Funko Fair 2021 is this January 19th through the 29th. We'll feature their product lineup for 2021, including the vinyl, soda, Paka Paka lines. Funko Games, and Loungefly. Their exclusive days will feature products from Star Wars, Disney, and Marvel. For more information, you can find them on their social media at Original Funko. Going back to what we just mentioned there with oh yeah, company doing their own thing. Yeah, definitely. These next couple of uh, years are going to be interesting to see how products are now featured to buyers and conventions. I mean, they might as well be flea markets at this point. Yeah, you know, Solar Opposites returns for a second season on March 26th on Hulu. This is based on the Justin Roiland cartoon, Justin Roiland from Rick and Morty. Now, here's something interesting: the Snyder Cut of Justice League will go nowhere, according to the DCEU president Walter Hamada. I don't know. This could be a marketing ploy because last week hashtag Restore the Snyderverse was trending. So. You mean like story-wise, if it's going to lead into anything, is that exactly like it's not? It's a standalone story, like the new Batman movie is supposedly. It would be hard because there's only going to be X amount cut into this. It would be hard, especially how many movies have come out since then too, like two or three. So Shazam and Wonder Woman eighty four, Aquaman, Aquaman. So yeah, three movies I think since then. Yeah, I mean I could see it not going anywhere, but who knows? I just want to see better editing and. You know, like I said, you know, my, uh, you know, seeing Darkseid in a movie that he's the bad guy in, I'd like to see that. Yeah. Uh, for me, it'll be nice just to see what I feel is going to be a finished product versus what we got. I was kind of curious to see, you know, this form of the Justice League, but with Shazam into yeah. it, you know, goofing it off or like even introducing new characters in, into a sequel, maybe like Plastic Man. You know, just yeah, some more... plastic man should have his day and time. They really should. Absolutely. Here's some positive news. Disney recently released a statement saying that Avengers Campus will open sometime in 2021 at Disneyland California Adventure. Now, have you guys heard about this? This is probably... I have... yeah, you could walk into it and then like you could look up above and see like Spider-Man swinging every now and then, <laughs> you know, jet popping out. So more of that Disney magic, but we just need to get California open again. Yeah, that's going to be the roughest part. And I just wanted to point out, hashtag collectors helping collectors is a great way to find all the stuff that you can't find. Last Christmas, we were looking for NECA Ninja Turtles, went on collectors helping collectors, and we got them all at great price. You know, So help each other out at hashtag collectors helping collectors. So I just want to thank you to Eric and Bill for coming on. And again, find them on Facebook at Toy Robot Magazine. Get a subscription. You will not be disappointed. These guys know what they're doing. You can see the love on the page. So, gentlemen, thank you for being on the show. Hey, we really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Yep, thank you. Of course. Just wanted to say thank you to Brian Salvatore for our intro and outro music, Shared Universe Podcast. Want well, special thanks to Spectre Creative. We are now on YouTube, so 
if you are inclined and like what you see, please hit that subscribe button and ring the bell. We need at least a thousand subscribers to remain on the air. Join the conversation at toyspodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and all of your favorite podcast platforms. Please enjoy our newest podcast, Rocketeer Radio, hosted by Ian Westoff. If you want to know more about what we discussed, please log on to www.toy-lines.com for all the latest toy reviews and for pictures of what we're discussing. Follow us on social media at Toy Lines, or you can find us on Facebook at Toy Lines or Toy Shelf Magazine. I'm Tom Romero. Play with your toys. Hi, I'm Marvelous Joe. And I'm his twin brother, Johnny DC. And together, we host the Dynamic Duel Podcast, a weekly show where we debate who has the superior characters between Marvel and DC, which we help prove through stat-based simulations of battles between your favorite Marvel and DC characters. We also review the latest Marvel and DC films to hit theaters. We'd love to have you come listen as we have a blast every Tuesday. Check out Dynamic Duel at dynamicduel.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Did you watch the X-Men cartoon as a kid? Did you buy Spider-Man number one the day it came out? Did you collect superhero trading cards and action figures? Then have we got the podcast for you. That's right, it's Wizards, Wizards, the the podcast podcast guide to to comics. comics. The exciting show where Adam, that's me, and Michael, that's me, will take you through the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine, one issue at a time. We have so much fun reliving that crazy time of chromium covers and speculative comic book buying. Plus, we get to see where this whole hubbub about superhero movies really began. So we invite you to join us every other week on the Retro Network podcast feed. We can't wait to go back in time and uh, flip through those comic books you used to read. So we'll see you then. And until next time, keep your books bagged and boarded. (laughs) 